This is Our Universe with Aurelian Balan. Antimatter is a mystery to many people. It's been used in science fiction as a fuel source for interstellar spaceships. But what does it really do, and how can we use it? The existence of antiparticles were predicted by Paul Dirac in 1928 when he combined Einstein's special relativity with quantum physics. The resulting equation had two solutions. The common analogy is just as x squared equals 4 has two possible solutions for x, 2 and negative 2, Dirac noticed that electrons have both positive and negative energy. This went against classical physics, which stated that the electron energy must be positive. Dirac interpreted these two solutions to mean that every particle must have an antiparticle, with identical properties but opposite charge. An electron has a negative charge, and its antiparticle, the positron, is just like an electron, but with positive charge. Just four years later, Carl Anderson, an American physicist, observed and discovered the positron. Now, if normal matter touches antimatter, the two are said to annihilate and release huge amounts of energy. This is definitely one way we can use antimatter. If we had a reliable way to store it, we could combine it with normal matter and use it to send our spaceships well beyond the solar system, since the energy released would make an excellent propellant for future engines. Then again, if we could store it, we'd likely weaponize it. One could use the antimatter as a trigger to ignite lighter elements into fusion, thereby eliminating the need for a fission trigger, or a trigger that requires uranium or plutonium. Such a weapon would cause devastating destruction, but leave little or no nuclear fallout. Either way, the production and storage of antimatter is extraordinarily difficult with current tech. Producing antimatter in the lab costs trillions of dollars per gram and uses more energy than is currently feasible to provide. Normally, we make very small amounts in the lab. The cost will drop significantly in the coming years. But storing antimatter is also difficult because we can't let it touch any of our storage containers since they would annihilate and destroy each other. Once antimatter is produced, it has to be stored using electric and magnetic fields so it never touches normal matter. Even though it's difficult to produce large amounts of antimatter, antiparticles themselves are somewhat common. Thunderstorms have been observed to make antimatter particle beams. Even bananas produce around one positron every 75 minutes. This is thanks to the potassium-40 isotope in bananas. Don't worry, you'd have to eat hundreds of bananas per day for this to harm you. And then I think you're getting into other issues anyway. What's truly curious, however, is why didn't all the antimatter and matter during the Big Bang just annihilate? Why does normal matter exist? There was seemingly an asymmetry that allowed more normal matter than antimatter to form, and thus allow everything that we know to exist. It's one of the great unsolved problems in physics that scientists are currently working on. My name is Aurelian Balan, and I'm an associate professor of physics at Delta College. Tune in next week for more about our universe. Our Universe is a production of Delta College Quality Public Radio.